Good morning. Grace and peace to you. <clears throat> Just want to encourage all the brothers again as we're going to have a, another men's group session. Uh, planning on two. Uh, as Mike announced, it's in the bulletin uh, February 2nd and then the first Saturday in March again. That's the plan. So, and we want to talk about uh, however you want to style it, communication or our speech. How we use our words. All the different types of communication, levels of speech, levels of subjects. Well, I don't want to give it all away here. And then do, uh, do consider carefully uh, coming out Sunday evening when Jerry Joseph is here. Of course, we always encourage you to come out Sunday evening if you can, but to hear his report on uh, the work in Ukraine, the work which we support, support our brother Slava there. And I feel certain, uh, and I know this is not just why to come, but I know he's going to have slides, and he's probably going to have a couple videos of the people over there. So uh, at least I heard that. So I encourage you to come out and be with Brother Jerry. If you want to turn to Luke 10, we're going to use that as our primary text this morning, the one from which we're going to work. At first glance, uh, many of Jesus' teaching appear a little bit strange, even harsh or confusing. And some of his teachings obviously are very challenging and they're very strong and straightforward and we need to take them seriously because we should take all of his teaching. And some are just difficult and they require, require study. We have to dig into them, check the context, do a thorough investigation and even, you know, have some discussion with others about what do you think this means, what's the interpretation of this scripture. And I think this is, today's scripture is one of those, and I thought we'd dig into it a little bit. It is often uh, misinterpreted on the surface about what is really going on here. And so uh, we need to look carefully at the context, the whole situation, see exactly what Jesus is teaching. And then as often as the case, we've got to see what he is not teaching. And sometimes that's more important than what he is actually teaching. So we need to keep both of those things in mind. Well, let's just read this, and then we'll, uh, we'll work our way through it and see actually what's going on here. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sisters left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. All right, now let's, uh, let's set this up here. It says, as they were traveling, so 
you know, looking at what has been happening and what has generally happened in the, the Gospels, Jesus is traveling with the twelve. So there's 13 people come to this house, all right? Jesus and the twelve, they were traveling. He entered the village. Uh, and it says, Martha welcomed him into her home, okay? And uh, we know uh, from other places in Scripture that Jesus became very good friends with this family, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And, of course, Lazarus is the one we find in John 11 who was raised from the dead. And we had that, uh, looked at that whole Scripture uh, about a month ago, I think, and talked about that. So anyway, I don't know if this is before they became good friends or it kind of seems like that it wasn't just yet, but I don't think it makes that much difference. It says that she welcomed them into her home. Now, her home, and of course she lives there, but I'm also thinking about this from the standpoint that she, this might have really been her home, that she might have been the eldest of the three, and uh, therefore it was her house, and she was accepting the responsibility for entertaining the guests. That's the way I'm reading this, okay? Uh, she was doing what she should have done. She was doing what any faithful, law-observing Jewish lady would have done in the day. And in fact, what every Christian lady should do in the day-to-day -day when there are guests, we are to be hospitable and welcome visitors, aren't we? That's what the scripture teaches. So that's what she was doing. In fact, uh, you know, in the law there were many uh, admonitions about strangers and taking care of strangers and those who were traveling and so forth. And there was always the Remember that you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Uh, um, God referenced that many times in the scriptures to them as to why they should do this. Also comes to mind the second great commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? And this is what she was doing. She was welcoming Jesus and those who were with him into her home. Now, verse 39, we'll read this again. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. So uh, Martha is busy, well, as we read, getting ready to entertain and welcoming the guests. But Mary is sitting at the feet of the Lord, and he's evidently there someplace in the house teaching, all right, as he did just about everywhere he went. He taught. Okay, he unfolded the word of God, taught about the kingdom of heaven, taught in parables, you know, whatever the situation uh, warranted, that's what Jesus did. And so he's here in this house taking the opportunity with these people to teach the word of God. She's at the Lord's feet. Uh, I, I take that literally. She was probably sitting on the floor. Uh, that was probably a little bit crowded in that little house there with all those disciples in there. Uh, and Mary, doesn't say anything about Lazarus, but he might have been there too, I don't know. So she's hungry for the word of God. And right at the moment, she's not interested 
in any food for the body, okay? She's wanting to hear what Jesus has to say. And, you know, I was thinking about the uh, one beatitude there in the Sermon on the Mount. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. And this is, this is where Mary was. She wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. So we have a contrast here between the two sisters, all right? These two Jewish ladies. One is preparing to serve her guests. And that's an honorable and righteous thing to do, right? That's what she should do. But the other one was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and she wanted to hear what he had to say, his teaching. And that's an honorable and a righteous thing, isn't it? They're both honorable and righteous things to do. So why is there a problem? What is this all about? Let's look in verse 40. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. She came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sisters left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. The key thing in this whole situation is the word distracted. Martha here is missing the big opportunity. Jesus is in her house. That doesn't happen very often when Jesus comes to your place. And she was distracted. She was not seeing this great opportunity to hear what Jesus had to say and to hear what Jesus was teaching. She was focused in on what she normally would do, hospitality. She had a passion for being a good hostess, but that clouded her thinking at the moment for what was most important at the time. This isn't to say Martha was a bad person, far from it. She was a good, good lady, good Jewish lady. But she made a poor decision. And this is what happens to us a lot of the time. You know, we get into a rut. And we think this is how life ought to be and this is the only way to live life and this is the way you do it. And when something else comes along, we're afraid to make a choice and see that this is more important. And this is more needful at the moment, at this time, for me to do than what I usually do. And that's what's happening here. Um, and I make a note here about how the, the world and the devil throw distractions at us all the time. And, uh, you know, we have to be able to see around them and uh, understand what is important. Um, you know, things, uh, things happen around the house. Uh, something breaks down, whatever it might be, refrigerator, garage door opener, uh, something. And we kind of let that just become the total focus until we get that fixed. Do you ever do that? 
and every, everything else kind of gets, gets put to the side until we take care of this thing when in fact, you know, you know maybe having that garage door open or broken isn't such a terrible thing after all. You know, and, and we let it inter interrupt us, distract us, cause us to say things and do things we should not. We get angry and so forth and so on. And uh, that's not the way it should be. Notice what this did to Martha as she was distracted. You know, she's in there getting things ready and she's thinking that her sister ought to be in there getting ready with her. What does she do? It causes her in verse 40 to act uh, very unseemly. Three things. First of all, she interrupts Jesus' teaching. Doesn't she? She interrupts him. He's in there teaching all these people in there, and she, she comes in there and interrupts him. That's not very nice, is it? Because she's so distracted. This has got to be done. We've all done this, haven't we? This is what we've got to do, and everything else get out of the way. Everybody else get out of the way. So she interrupts his teaching. She suggests she's, he is uncaring. Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving? Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> You're going to suggest Jesus doesn't care? And then, what does she do? She pretty much orders him, tell her to help me. You see how far off the rails she got? Because she was, and I know she was wanting to do good, okay? And I know you ladies are like this, all right? You want a nice table, you want a nice house, you want the food to be good. I understand that. I understand that, and praise God that you do. But this was something at the moment that was more important. Jesus was there, and he was teaching. And she, she couldn't see that, and she let this whole thing get out of hand. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this is my opinion. She probably wasn't like this usually. But she was just... And maybe it was because it was the Lord. And she really wants, you know, thee is a real special guest. I want everything to be perfect, everything laid out. This is the best, you know, the fatted calf and the whole deal. And look what she ends up doing. Interrupts him, talks to him in a way she shouldn't. It just uh, made her look bad. Let's turn to Matthew 6. I was reminded of this. We've, in fact, I think I mentioned this last week. We didn't go to the scripture. Uh, but this is so important. Talking about the treasure, the treasure we have and the things that we value. Let me just read it from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6:19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
This is about understanding the things in life that, are, that matter, the things of most value, the things that are important. These are the things on which we should set our heart, okay? Because these are the, these are the treasures, whether we're talking about, you know, however we serve the Lord, talking about the Lord himself, talking about the word of God, uh, how we use our money, uh, our hope, all these kinds of things. You know, we're not about accumulating the wealth here and about looking good here. We're about serving the Lord and doing good deeds and laying up that treasure there. So at this time, you see, Martha kind of had the wrong treasure. She was only interested in setting a nice table, we'll say. And she, her treasure was not in the right place at this moment, understanding that Jesus was there, and that was a lot more important. I was reminded of Ecclesiastes 3. There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven, and you can read the rest of that. <coughs> time to be born, a time to die, and a time to laugh, and a time to mourn. And there's a time to serve, and then there's a time to listen to Jesus. And it takes wisdom and the right heart to sort those things out. We have to think about the situation, that, you know, not just respond, not just react as we normally do. Oh, this is what we do. Well, wait a minute, what's going on? Let's think this through and pray about it. What, is, what does matter here at this time? What does Jesus respond to her? He, she just come in and says, my sister, she's acting up. She ought to come and help me. Tell her to do that. The Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things. First of all, I want you to see how patient Jesus is. You know, he doesn't get mad. He said, you shouldn't talk to me that way. No, he, he understands. She's... She's in a dilemma here. She's trying to do something good, but she's missing the point of the whole afternoon or evening, whatever it was. Martha, Martha. But only one thing is necessary. What was necessary at the time? That was to listen to Jesus, to sit at his feet. That was the only thing that was needful. For Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. When he said that there, you're bothered about so many things, I'm reminded of how that is the case with a lot of us. Are we bothered with a lot of things? We lay awake at night thinking about things that need to be done things that need to be fixed, things that need to be taken care of, things to put on our schedule. We get nervous about those things. We get crabby about those things. We get focused on those things, and it interrupts the other good things that we should be doing. 
but only one thing is necessary. To sit at Jesus' feet, to learn from him, to make the good choices about putting his words into our life. How should I be living? How should I use my time? How should I use my resources, my money, my talents? You know, it's, it's, a broader, it's a broader question than just one particular isolated incident, although that can happen for us at any time. Just stepping back. You know, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, you are bothered about so many things. But what is necessary? We all need to ask ourselves that question. What, in the long run, what is really necessary for me to live the life that God wants me to live? What will bring a good outcome? And then that works down to daily making decisions about what do I do today? What do I do this afternoon? What do I do in this situation? I have a choice to make. What is necessary? The Matthew 6.33, we're all familiar with that. I hesitate to use it because we've overworked it and I think the, even the meaning of it is missed on us because we've heard it so often. We've heard the thought, you know, the very familiar scriptures, we really need to read more closely and more carefully and listen to them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. It's true. Where is your treasure? What are you seeking? Mary's chosen the good part. She made a choice at the time. She made a choice, you see. That's another part of this whole uh, arrangement. She made a choice. Martha, I don't know if she made a choice or that was just her reaction to the situation. Oh, we got guests coming. Here we go. When she didn't pause to think, this is the Lord Jesus and he's in there teaching the word. She just kind of reacted. Mary made a choice. This is what I need to do right now. Sit at Jesus' feet and hear what he says. Let's go to Psalm 73. I'm going to wrap up there. This paints a broader picture, I think, of the whole situation. Again, about our treasure, making good choices, asking God for wisdom as to how to live, what to do on a grander scale of my life and on a regular basis through the week. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. Wow. There are some very powerful words. And for the one who loves the Lord God with all their heart and with all their soul, with all their mind and with all their strength, this should be true. I really don't want anything but you, Lord. Yeah, I know I need to eat and take care of my family, but you are the focus of my life. <coughs> my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart 
and my portion forever. You know, if everything else gives way, I've got God. God's my portion. He's my, my, the part that I want in life. For behold, those who are far from you will perish. You have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. How close are you to God? I sang that song this morning, this morning about knowing Jesus, knowing you, Lord. In John 17, do you know the Lord? I'm going to talk about knowing about the Lord and knowing some facts about the Lord, but do you know the Lord? Do you walk with the Lord daily? Are you always praying to him, talking with him, seeking his counsel? Do you know him? Know what he wants for you? As for me, the nearest of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. He's my refuge. He's my help. He's my strength. He's where I go when I need lifted up, when I need encouraged, when I'm in grief, when I'm troubled, when I have problems. He's the one I go to. He's my portion. He's my future. I have chosen him above all. Martha, Martha. We get distracted. We react. We fall in a rut. We need to be like Mary. Look at the situation. Make a choice. Have our treasure in the right place. The Lord is my portion. The nearness of God is my good. We don't want to get distracted by the world. The devil throws a lot of things at us. We talked about some of those, some of those ideas. We want to stay on the path, on the straight and narrow. Listen to the Lord. Listen to him the next time you have a situation. Listen to him call your voice. Surely, surely. What are you doing? Are you making the right choice at this time? I'll use Hampton. Hampton won't mind. Hampton, Hampton. What are you doing this afternoon? You're making the right choice? Is this what you should be doing? It's there for us to learn. have the opportunity now to respond to God's word, to respond to the Lord Jesus, to sit at his feet, to learn from him, to make him your portion in life, your portion in eternity. If you want to obey the gospel and become a Christian today, we can help you with that. If you are a Christian, you're struggling with life. You're, you're making some bad choices like Martha. You're kind of all over the place and you're not focused. Maybe you'd like for us to pray with you. If that's your, the case, you really need to reconsider and repent and change so that God becomes your focus in life and what, what he wants you to do and what he wants you to be. If you need prayer, we'll be happy to help you with that. As always, we 
you don't want to come forward, you can mention it to us on the way out, myself or Mike or Don or Rick. We'll be happy to get with you uh, at your convenience or this afternoon or whatever. If the word again has touched you today, please don't put it off. Brother Don, please. <laughs>